Hello and welcome to the Dharma Life podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfleet Middleton. Each week I show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I interview top thought leaders changing the world with their work. And I also show you how you can build a life in alignment with your soul, do your Dharma, be happier, healthier, live longer and have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. So without further ado, let's dive into the next podcast. Welcome to the Dharma Life podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfley Middleton, creator of the Dharma Life Academy and host of the Dharma Life podcast. And as you know, what we do here is we talk about how we do our Dharma and be of service to others. And uh, the gentleman I'm going to introduce you today just has impressed me no end. I've kind of followed his journey. We're in the same world. I love who he is, what he stands for. And I heard him share his story about how he had come through mental health issues. And I'll let him share it with you. But I was so impressed with how he had transitioned through this period of his life to now step into and embody his purpose. But I really wanted Galactic Greg to come on to the Dharma Life podcast and share his story. So Greg, welcome. Thank you, Louise. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, I know this is going to be an incredible conversation and we've already just had an incredible conversation uh, right before we started. So for the benefit of my listeners, you know, some of them... Um, well, obviously, I've come across you, your work, um, but can you just describe, you know, um, who you are and kind of what you're doing in the world at the moment? Well, I am a 34-year-old child of God. I am simply me. Um, I do work full-time. This is not what I do um, all yes. the time, but I, I am putting most of my energy into this. I will say that. Um, but I am a man that uh, began his journey long ago, and that journey actually began roughly at the age of uh, roughly at the age of five, when I uh, began seeing uh, my first set of doctors and specialists. Five. Because my parents, five years old, yeah, it started at five, um, because my mother. Uh, initially was not uh, pleased with the way that I was developing, essentially. Um, I was told that I had attention issues. I was told that I had behavioral issues. And as, you know, years and years progressed, I was told that I had another whole slew of just problems. Um, it started from the age of five and it just kept on going and going and going. I went through doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor uh pill after pill after pill after pill after pill um i can attest to being in a room with six different specialists uh so-called juilliard trained you know doctors who are all telling you six different things but all with the sole same purpose and that is you are diseased, you are sick, you have a problem, and you cannot re-enter society 
unless you have or take this medication or do as we say, nevertheless, uh, which is essentially mind control. Um, it's black magic at its finest. And when you are continuously told these things and when your parents reinforce it on a day-to-day -day basis, um, you begin to believe it. Yeah, and then eventually, and then eventually it just becomes your reality. And then you essentially become an addict to that reality and an addict to the toxins that make up that reality. Uh, what was it you me, were doing? Like, like as a, you know, you said your mom was kind of not happy with the way you were developing. Like what does Well, that, what, I was excelling in a lot of things and not excelling in other things. It was a, a period in time, and my mother is, you know, I, I, I love her. I just want to point that out there. I love her, and she's, you know, she's under her own pretenses of, of brainwashing, and, you know, she has to awaken herself. But uh, my mother was all about keeping up with the Joneses and all about um, essentially uh, her child, you know, being like other children. And I think that that was a huge fear with parents back in, you know, the 80s and the 90s. Uh, if their child was not doing well in math or their child was not doing well in science or their child was not socializing with other children, if they weren't like other children, then there was a problem. And it was, uh, it was a fear that modern science and big pharma and many other institutions in placed in a lot of adults back in those days that if your child is not excelling, if it's not doing this, it's not doing that, if it's not doing A, B, C, and D, your child has a problem, okay? And that was the way that they, you know, infiltrated drugs and therapies and treatments and things like that. And there were many, many people that succumbed to that very, very easily. So I was very quiet. I was very reserved. Um, I was, you know, I did have, you know, certain social anxieties. I'm very much like my father, you know, it took me time to trust things. You know, I had to kind of feel it out a little bit. I wasn't, you know, the happy go lucky kid that just had tons of friends. And I wasn't the, you know, kid that excelled in, you know, math and science and things like that. I was excelling in, you know, writing in English and history and other things like that. But again, with everything going on in society at the time, my mother had this innate fear that something just wasn't right. So again, I was, you know, essentially forced to be on these drugs and to follow that path. I became an addict to the path. And then as I got older, the, the alcohol be, was thrown into that uh, path as well as, as another addiction to kind of compensate uh, for whatever, you know, sorrows or pains or losses that I, that I was feeling. Um, I just want to want to state that, you know, these drugs, you know, they affected uh, my relationships, my friendships, they affected uh, my finances, they affected everything. Essentially, what these toxins do is they, they place a veil um, over your entire being. And you're not yourself. You're, you're not connected to your true self at all because these drugs are so powerful and your penile gland is completely calcified. You can't, you have no intuition. Um, you can't make, you know, truthful, honest decisions by yourself. Essentially, you're being puppeted by a, a toxin. Um, so they affected my finances. They affected my relationships. They literally affected everything. Essentially, they affected my, my happiness. I was not, 
of truly happy um, until I, you know, finally just woke up one day and said, just enough is enough. Like I, I, I if, if anything, I have to at least find a way, a more natural, more holistic path and have to at least, if anything, get these drugs out of my system or at least try. I have to at least try. Do you think that that was a spiritual awakening in itself? Does that sound like a very pivotal moment in your life? Yeah, it, it really was. You know, I started looking into, uh, um, I found all this information on adaptogens and, and nervines and, you know, alternative ways to, to treat whatever they, they thought I had. And I also want to, I also want to make clear that these drugs actually give you those issues that they claim you have. That's the problem. And the damage that they do to your endocrine system and your nervous system and your liver, essentially, is just kind of, is, is horrendous. So, I began to look into adaptogens and nervines and started doing research on that and just a more holistic path. And I just said, you know, this really resonates with me. These plants really resonate with me. You know, this, this could be a, a possibility. This could be a way. Uh, I wonder if I could, you know, find somebody who could, you know, kind of connect the dots for me and, and, uh, and that's when I found a wonderful, wonderful angel who was a holistic-based uh, psychiatrist from India, and she had her own private practice. And I started going to her, um, and she took one look at me, Aloise, and she said, there's nothing wrong with you. She says, the only thing that's wrong with you is that you're taking these drugs. She said, I want to see every test they did on you, everything they filed on you, I want to everything that they did with you, I want to see it because I want to know exactly what these people were thinking by putting you on these drugs. Where, where did they get their information from and why they put you on this? So that took a little bit of digging <laughs> to get all that information to her, but I did the work. I did the homework and I gave her everything. And uh, she literally looked over everything. She gave everybody the benefit of the doubt and said, I'll look at everything. And it took her about a week, but she spent a week on it. And she looked at everything and she says, Greg, there's nothing wrong with you. It's the toxins that are in your system. She said, how would you like for me to help you get off these drugs? What, do you, what would you say to that? And being so ad addicted to this, you know, reality, at first I was very hesitant. I said, whoa, I don't know. That's, that's a big step. I mean, I wanted to do it, but there was still that little bit of it. Your whole life of brainwashing. You know, yeah. And I said, I don't know. And she says, well, listen, she goes, it would be slow. It's not going to be fast. I'm not just going to take it away from you. Um, it'll be done correctly. Um, but it'll also be done with, you know, integrating certain types of herbs and certain types of, you know, plants and everything to help make the process easier and to also to allow you to detox while you're doing this. So we do this right because she says the most important thing is your liver because these drugs, they sit in your liver and they cake on the inside of your, your liver. So she says, we're going to, you know, do this the right way. We're going to do this slowly. And I, I just, I, took a deep breath and I took that brave step forward and I said, okay, I, I just trusted her. She just, you know, she was so straight and so forward and so honest with me and made me feel so comfortable. And she was the only person that I had ever met that 
was actually presenting to me a chance that was presenting to me a new reality. So what kind of fool would I be if I didn't at least try? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? So how long does it take I, to come off the... Um, it takes about three months if you want to do it properly, about three to four months. Um, it starts by taking the dosages down uh, in increments of like 50 milligrams, 50 milligrams, 50 milligrams. And what she did was every two days I would have to do a, a detox, which would be aloe vera, uh, burdock root, and uh, dandelion, which is essentially to flush, flush the system. system. So, yeah. yeah. So every two days I would have to do that. Um, and th so it took about three to four months with doing that detox every three or four days, uh, plenty of water and uh, plenty of rest. And she would call every couple of days to, to monitor me to see how I was doing. Um, you know, not just physically, but also mentally, like how are you feeling, how are you feeling spiritually, you know, things like that. Um, so three to four months, and I distinctly remember just feeling better and better and better as time went on and feeling more and more like myself, you know, or like the self that I didn't know and just more and more free and just more and more, you know, you know, invigorated. And when we got to the end, got to the, all, all the work was done. I remember getting up from the couch in her office and walking towards the door and I thanked her and she put her hand on my shoulder and she says, Greg, you are now free. She says, go and be free. But she says, remember what I taught you. And she goes, start with the adaptogens in the nervines because your system is going to be a little bit wrecked from these you know, toxins. She says, that's what these drugs essentially do. They give you what they thought you had. So she says, start with, you know, certain, I think she, um, it was a, a mixture of ashwagandha and holy basil that I was recommended to start with and certain things for the central nervous system, like milky oats and passion flower and things like that. Um, so that was the day when I left that office, that that was that was the the initial kickstart of a more natural, more holistic, more down to earth, you know, lifestyle. She sounds like a complete and utter angel as well. Like what a what a gift to come into your life. And then and then how did you? Because obviously, how did you transition from that to then into this role that you've now taken in this great awakening, which is stepping into your purpose, but also raising yeah awareness on the planet around what is happening at the moment yeah well that was essentially at the age of of 25 when that happened so that was the the kickstart of a more natural holistic lifestyle but then the alcohol addiction had to be dealt with and that took another it took another five years essentially well, um god yeah, God gave me an angel and he, he released me from the toxicity, but the alcohol, he wasn't going to send me anyone. That had to be on my own. Uh, that was my burden and my burden alone because I chose that. And the issue was I kept choosing that. So God said, you either choose it or you don't choose it. So that was how I had to end that. Um, but I did that one cold turkey. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't seek any AA or any help whatsoever. I just woke up one day. Um, after a night of just insane drinking and I just said, I 
do not ever want to feel like this ever, ever again. I looked at my fiance and I said, I'm not doing it ever, ever again. Never again. Amen. The only alcohol that enters my body is through uh, my herbal tinctures. That is it. I so had a mince once- pie the other day. That's probably as alcohol as I get nowadays. <laughs> but yeah. we've got similar stories, actually, similar journeys, you know, very much around mental health issues, except that mine was kind of uh, learned behavior and then onto prescription right. drugs and and then onto drug and alcohol problems. But I think it's like a star seed problem. You know, I, I hear a lot of star seeds who have had the sort of similar journeys to us. You know, it's almost like which they want to derail us because they know how powerful we are when we come into our power. So yeah, uh, yeah you're not the first yeah. person that I've heard who's <laughs> sort of similar. <laughs> similar journey um so but carry on sorry so you were saying you kind of went you kicked the alcohol you went into this more holistic lifestyle yeah yeah i went into the the more holistic lifestyle my fiance uh, did as well you know we had both lost you know so many family members to to medical malpractice and um she had lost her father to to bone cancer um, and the doctors just truly did a number on him. And whenever she treated him holistically herself, he actually went into remission. But whenever he went back to the hospital, he got sicker. Um, so, and I, I lost a father to alcohol and drug addiction uh, myself. Um, so, and I'd lost, you know, many other family members to medical malpractice. So we both looked at each other and just said, there, there's got to be a better way. There, there, there has to be. Um, we just lost all trust in the the big medical uh, big pharma. Big pharma, yeah. We just lost all trust whatsoever, and we just became just uh, just so passionate about you know essentially medicine of the mother, which is you know Mother Gaia's medicine, what she has left for us, the plants that she has left for us behind, and. Uh, we both began, you know, our journey in our, in our studies. We both picked up, um, we entered the, uh, the center of uh, excellence, which is uh, out of the UK. It's an online school and they offer very highly extensive integrative studies on anything you can imagine. And one of the biggest ones that they're doing is uh, herbalism and cannabis, medicinal cannabis. So we both jumped on that. And that took about two years uh, to finish. Um, but I just became just so, so passionate about it and just learning about what these, what these plants can do and how, can, how they can truly help and, and heal people. And if anything, you know, aid them on their, on their healing journeys, essentially. Allowing, teaching the body, allowing the, teaching the body to do what it needs to do naturally. You know, building those bridges and, and uh filling those gaps and allowing that that internal magnetism to just flow uh, naturally the way it's supposed to flow. So was Corona, when Corona started then, was that what kick-started your awakening journey around actually what was happening on the planet? Yeah, yeah, as to how deep it went. Yeah. Uh, again, I always knew that there were evils and darkness in this world, but as to how far it went, and especially with the children, uh, oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was a tough one to deal with. Um, essentially, it started with the fall of the cabal. Okay, uh, my, yeah. fia- my, my fiance brought that home and uh, said, you're not going to, this is going to screw with your mind. You're not going to believe this. And uh, we had to watch it several times before we could actually fully watch it. It was almost undigestible. Yeah, it's like. Uh, at first. Um, 
And then for a while, we, for a little two week period there, we had to forget about it because it was just too much to so just intense. take in once. But I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to, I don't know, there's, there was just something, some higher energy, some higher power just, you know, just pushing me. Like, listen, I know it's tough, but do this. Look into this. Look into this. And uh, little by little, day by day, I started doing my research. I started doing my homework. And I started finding all of these things to be true. Um, and that really, really catapulted me into self-awareness, into self-awakening, into self-empowerment, into, and then the ever-burning question, what can I do? I mean, what, what power do I have to help? What, what could I possibly do to, to fix this? And let's talk about that for a second, if you don't mind, because I think, you know, a yeah. lot of people listening are in that place, you know, and I, and I remember when my, my first awakening was around 28, and I, I, I got to understand about the banking system. You know, that's like 15, 16 years ago. And I got to understand about the paedophilia, but it was only at Corona when I joined all the dots and understood the full picture. Um, but I, I think a lot of us go through this, who am I to do that? And how can I make a difference? It's just me. And I think what I'd love to just talk, talk about, Greg, if you don't mind, because I think I really want to empower and inspire people listening to this to step into, you know, their divine purpose and their way of raising consciousness and their way of being service of service to others is that when you have that courage and faith to step into that, that question, the one that you asked, which I love was how can I help? What can I do? You know, and can you describe your journey from from making that decision to how can I help? What can I do? It, like, did you experience signs and synchronicities? You know, how did you how did it flow for you and open up for you when you decided to step into right? How can I serve? Well, it starts out starts out small. It, it's never it's never starting out with you know a big bang, so to speak. It's always you know little steps lead to bigger steps little steps lead to bigger things. So it started with synchronicities. Yes, I started seeing 1111, 333, 444, 555 was a was a big one. Um, I started and I started questioning, you know, why am I seeing all these numbers all the time, like relentlessly all the time. And I started doing my research on those things as well, too. All the all the side rabbit holes, I, I definitely went down as well to connect all the dots. So it started out small. Uh, it started out with a post here and a post there and speaking my opinion here and speaking my opinion there, um, testing the waters, so to speak, uh, to see how, uh, see how people would react or to see, you know, if what I'm doing resonates back to me, you know, if, if this feels right. Um, and it just gradually just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going the more and more information i gathered uh i believe the more you know weight i started you know shedding off and that was becoming lighter and lighter and more enlightened about what was going on so i became more brave i became more bold um i began to just really just step into that that power and then I began, you know, I began tagging people. Um, I began reaching out to people. I began finding people that um, 
not only were involved in the same information or on the same, you know, platform, but that I resonated with. And that when I, you know, read what they had to say, it resonated with me and I, I knew it to be true. So I started connecting with those people and asking them questions and talking with them. And it, you know, just, again, it just grows from there. It just grows from there. It starts small and then it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. How did you also manage the, what is everyone going to think of me thing? Because I think all of us have to go through that. It's almost like shedding a skin. You know, we have to go through that because we've all been taught to fit in. We've all been taught to not stand out. We've all been taught to really just shut up, <laughs> you know, and yeah. voicing an opinion, especially one that is like, you know, not necessarily popular with a lot of, lot of the human beings on the planet. But how did you grow through that? Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword because, uh, you know, I lived a life of being a, a lone wolf, essentially, and, and being, you know, very fiercely independent and being on my own. You know, I left home at 18 and, and went out on my own. So it's a double-edged sword because when you're a lone wolf for so long, you actually do crave connection eventually, you do crave love, you crave kindness, you crave compassion, you crave those things that uh, you see other people having. And you also end up falling into that trap of, you know, there's those moments where you just want to be accepted, even though you want to be alone, you want to be accepted. And unfortunately, you can't have your cake and eat it too in those situations. So um, I did struggle with that a little bit. Uh, I did struggle with the idea of maybe what I'm putting out there may not be correct. And there's going to be someone who's going to step on me and say that's not correct or it may offend somebody. Um, so you initially go through that um, in the beginning. But what it really takes is just, and what it took for me was just letting go and, and letting God guide me. I asked God very early on, I said, lead me to the truth and nothing but the truth. I said, that's at this point in time, that's all I ask. I said, just protect me and just guide me and lead me to the truth. And with that, every doors and windows just started opening for me. Um, and I began to be more confident and I began to kind of push all those issues aside of being accepted and just simply accepting myself and that became enough for me and when that became enough for me like I said doors and, and windows just started opening for me and uh, I kept I just walked through every single one of them and uh, here I am now beautiful so th that's really beautiful. what it takes yeah, and I think it's such a good story to share with people because, you know, this is the Great Awakening and so many people are waking up to what is happening. And actually, we do have to take this attitude of what is it you feel called to do and go towards it. And like you correctly said, Greg, as we go towards it and we have the courage to take the action, the doors will open. But most people get stuck in their head. They talk themselves out of it. They're in their kind of comfort zone. They are worried and scared about people. What will people think of them? And at the end of the day, this is about our truth and our guidance and our trust and our higher self. And like you said, God guiding us. Um, yeah. And, you know, if we don't do this now, then when? You know, it's like the world, the world needs us now. Uh, and it needs, you know, there's seven 
and a half billion of us. There's a lot more of us than there is of them, but we do need to come together yeah. and work together. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, and that's, that's what I came down to, Louise. Uh, if not now, then when? If I don't do this now, uh, you know, what, what am I going to, what am I going to be in the future? You know, it, it has to be now. The time is now. The time to rise is, is now. And that's what I've been, what I've been guided through throughout this whole thing is now is the time. Now is your time. Just trust and let go and you will rise. Um, and, and that's, that's what I've been doing. How are you kind of coping with that from a sort of more job financial? Because that's the other thing that pops up for people is like, you know, I want to do that, but financially I'm, I'm, it's safer for me here. You know, so I know you're kind of in that transition, aren't you? You're kind of, you know, this stuff is taking. If, and the thing, the other thing I think we should say is that you, you can feel when something's right because I know doing my Dharma, I feel alive, I feel connected, I feel vibrant, I feel passionate. You know, how can that be wrong? It, it right. just isn't. It isn't. It can't be. And it is like God saying to you, you're going the right way. Keep going. Um, but of course, our ego and the human fears pop in. So um, again, any advice for anyone out there listening who's stepping in and transitioning into their Dharma? Well, uh, the, the financial thing is, is, is always uh, holding us prisoner, I, I feel. And that's always a tough one to, to circumvent. Um, you know, especially, you know, for those living in, you know, certain situations in which they really feel that they, they need the money. Um, for me, personally, um, it, came to a, it came to a head for me, especially with working two jobs, where I was just literally just sick and tired of doing that. I was just sick and tired of that type of existence, you know, just, just literally just fed up with that type of existence. Um, it wasn't serving me anymore. And essentially, and I told my fiance this, I said, this second job is a nothing burger. That's essentially what it is. It's two pieces of bread, but with nothing, but with nothing in it. Uh, so you get money, which is the bread, but then there's nothing else. And who, who wants that? Yeah, I just got to the, the point where it wasn't about money anymore. It was about being happy. It was about my, my existence. It, it was about, uh, you know, the, what I'm doing now, Louise, gives me so much more joy and happiness than standing on a sales floor. And, you know, and, and look, I, I love to help people with, with herbal medicine. That's, that's not the issue. It's that environment of doing it in that was the issue. When you're doing it in that corporate environment, that's, that's the problem. And you, you're under the, the, the watchful eye of the FDA, you're, you can't really, really, really help people because you have to tell them what they tell you to tell them. So it just got to the point where, okay, fine, I'll have a full-time job for now, which is fine because it's, you know, that, that is what it is. But to, you know, be making all this, you know, extra money, just do, it doesn't resonate with me anymore. It's just paper. It doesn't do anything for me. So I think, you know, for me personally, that's what, that's what it came to for me. I just was not happy living that type of existence anymore. And this work gives me so much happiness and so much joy. And I was just, I was fiercely guided 
to to step away from that and to step more into this and that you know eventually this will this will be it um, but initially take that away first and then step more into this and the rest will follow well it's it's a vacuum you know the universe yeah. pours a vacuum so you've created space by letting go of the job that you didn't want that creates more space for more things to come into your life and that's one of the things that people don't necessarily understand is that while you're in that sucky relationship or while you're in that sucky job, you're, you haven't got space for what the universe is trying to bring you and trying to bring into you. So by letting go of that job, Greg, very wise because it frees up your energy. And also, you know, for people on this path who are transitioning into doing their dharma full time from a financial perspective, you know, having gone through that process myself, when we resonate in alignment with who we are and we're doing what we should be doing, our frequency shifts, we rise and we attract to us the abundance that we need, you know, especially when we're in service to others. You know, it's like this karma that we're creating is a positive karma and it's reflected back to us. So, and I think this is the hardest thing for people to know and understand unless they've felt it, but you, that abundance won't necessarily come in the form that you want it to. So we often put sort of, okay, I need to have, have it like this. I want this amount of money before I leave my job. Now, what you might find is you might be in a relationship with somebody who might be supporting you for a period of time, but the universe will bring you abundance to do what you need to do. You just have to widen your mindset to know that abundance come in, comes in many forms. And it won't necessarily show up in the way that you want it to. But if you can open your mindset to knowing that I'm supported and I'm guided and I'm, you know, totally on my correct path, the abundance will come that you need to do your divinity. So, Greg, I know that you are walking that path and you are doing it absolutely beautifully. Um, and I want to honor you and I want to commend you. And I want to just say I respect you for all the work you're doing in the world. And you're helping many, many people. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eloise. I wouldn't trade it for, for anything in the world. Um, and never did I ever feel that, uh, you know, I would be here now um, in this now moment doing what I'm doing. But um, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world to be connecting with so many amazing souls and to be in my authentic space and sharing my truth and sharing my story with others and for that to be helping and inspiring people um, is truly all I can ask for. That's true happiness, at least for me. <laughs> and, and know that it is, you know, know that people will be so inspired listening to this. Um, yeah. So how can people find you? Like how can they come connect with you? Um, well, I'm on Facebook at Galactic Greg on Facebook. I am also on Parlor um, at Galactic Greg 333. And on MeWe at Galactic Greg 1111. Um, and I will be eventually uh, launching a YouTube channel. Yay! Um, yeah. When I find the time to do that um, in the process of, of moving to a new home and with the holidays and everything. So that is taking up a good amount of time. But uh, me and my fiance have discussed it and uh, I'm definitely going to launch a YouTube page, uh, hopefully sooner than later. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you definitely, definitely should because yeah. it's just a great way of building an audience and, you know, people who then can find and, and connect with you. And, you know, like you said, you're giving so much light to people 
that you know you're in your divine purpose we know it's gonna it's gonna take off so um, but I want to say thank you as I said I was so inspired by your story when I heard it I think it must have been you talking to Charlie and um, yeah. it was so inspired with that I was really keen to get you on so I want to say really thank big thank you for coming on and sharing your story with our listeners uh, thank you Aloise thank you so much for having me and God bless you and all the work that you do it's amazing so Go and check out Greg. He's on Facebook. And we will be back next week with another incredible guest doing their dharma, walking their talk, making a difference in the world, being of service to others. So we will see you next week on the Dharma Life Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Dharma Life Podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Please come over and say hello on my Instagram, our Facebook group. And also, please let me know what you thought. So if you are listening, please take a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to. Tag me on Instagram and I will reshare your post. And please let me know what it is that you got out of today's episode. Remember, when we do our dharma, we are happier, healthier, we live longer, and we have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. Thank you.